he went into the wilderness with something on him, he came out with something moving through him. And he hadn't done a miracle yet. In other words, the way that you win this battle isn't by making your first million or doing or proving something. If you're waiting till then to feel victory, you will be set up for failure later on. You, I want you to start to access the joy of the victory you've already got while you're going through the process of preparation for the victory you're about to have. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Dr. Lance Walnow. Now, today on Eternal Leadership, we're going to feature a clip from Lance's four-part masterpiece, Doing Business Supernaturally 101. And John, when I first introduced you to Lance almost one year ago, this was one of the first pieces of audio that I gave you. And you came back to me and said, you know, Steve, one of our, our mission here is to equip and inspire leaders. And we want to equip and inspire leaders to just develop extraordinary lives, businesses, faith. And part of the challenge in doing that is how do you really give people actionable teaching, actual learning that they can apply and move their lives forward. And when I heard Lance teaching on how to do business supernaturally, it's like everything clicked. You know, when you talk about moving from a realm of just the ordinary into the extraordinary, because that means partnering with God. Mm -hmm. And how do you really connect and learn and, and bring things into your life that are just unexplainable? All of a sudden, you're operating in a mode because we've all been there. We've walked into a room. And it's like almost like this, uh, like spiritual magnetism. We we have this conversation with this one person in this huge crowded room. It was like the one person that I needed to meet in my life for my business, for finances, for maybe just healing a relationship. And you look back on it and go, "That was so cool." Well, that was a God thing. And what Lance talks about is how to dial in your faith how you're working with the Holy Spirit, how you get clarity on your vision, so you're operating in that mode all the time. That's what I got out of this series, Steve. Yeah, this this is one that I've listened to numerous times since I purchased it just over a year ago. And if at any time you're listening to this show and you think, I need to get this series. You can go to eternalleadership.com slash 049 and get the link in our show notes right there, eternalleadership.com slash 049. There we'll have the link to get this on CD or on downloadable MP3. Doing Business Supernaturally 101 and 201. I can't recommend them highly enough. Here now is Dr. Lance Wallnow from Disc One of Doing Business Supernaturally 101 on today's edition of eternal leadership. The children of Israel were invited to go over in their lifetime, 12 princes chosen from among the people. These men went and, and surveyed the land in order to see what God wanted to do in their generation. Do you know the conclusion they came back with? Is that they were not able to do what God had prepared them their whole life to do. Now somehow they had missed a fundamental lesson. And that is that all this preparation has still not prepared you to do what God wants you to do. So at this moment, don't determine what you're about to do based upon what you've done so far. But determine what you're about to do based on the authenticity of the invitation of God to join him in what he is about to do. In other words, 10 out of 12 people rejected the move of God in their generation because they couldn't imagine taking territory. 
pillars, fire, clouds, manna, all kinds of wonderful spiritual manifestations they could handle. But when God got practical and said, okay, when you cross over, you're going to take over their fields. I'm not going to feed you the way I used to. You're going to engage things in warfare, and you're going to dispossess them in the physical as well as in the spirit because those cities belong to me, and I'm giving them to you. At that point, they balked. They said, this is getting too tangible right now. We're not ready for this. We want to go back to spiritualizing thy kingdom come. When you start talking about materializing it, you're scaring the daylights out of me. And so they failed in a generation to meet God in the test of having sufficient yieldedness to join him in something that was, in their minds, outrageous. Can I suggest to you that if that was the pattern in the Old Testament, then the last day's generation is probably going to be tested with this one question. What is it God wants to do that's so big and so vast that we don't feel qualified and and theologically and personally feel uh, as though it's too big for us to accomplish? That sounds to me like the kind of invitation God's going to give. And I believe it's the invitation into the marketplace to have an extraordinary amount of influence to shift nations in your lifetime. Literally become a tipping point so that nations shift in their culture, eventually culminating in sheep nations and goat nations that will, that will define themselves for or against the anointing because anointed people had an influence in those nations. The door that's opening right now all over the world isn't necessarily for preachers, it's for businesses. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So, you know, there's a real dynamic tension in, in, in the marketplace. If, you, if I had to separate those that succeed from those that don't, it's, um, it's nasty business because the people that succeed are, have a gift of pragmatism. And what I want to suggest to you is that, that the, the thing that we have lacked, really, to a great degree, is fundamental skill. Knowledge, understanding in the fundamentals of how to succeed in the marketplace. We aren't, we aren't falling behind in a battle, so to speak, because the enemy is after us. Most of us are self-sabotaging our own prosperity because of the way we run our lives and our business. And, and the reason I'm coming off strong with that opening statement before we go any further is because we're talking about doing business supernaturally, and that implies that God puts something super on the natural, but the assumption is your natural has its act together. Let me say that again. We're talking about God putting something super on the natural. The assumption we have is that your natural has got its act together. Otherwise, let's take the word excellence as I teach it, coming from the Hebrew word yatir, that Joseph had an excellent spirit. How many of you know Joseph is the patron saint of the marketplace movement? You put this young guy with a dream down, he keeps coming up, he just refuses to die. It's like that resurrection life. His brothers put him in a pit. He comes out into Egypt. They, they put him in a field. He comes out in charge of Potiphar's house. They, they put him in a prison. He takes over the prison. They put him in the basement. He takes over the nation. So you just can't keep him down. Why? Because the nature of Joseph by the excellent spirit is the word yatir in Hebrew. It literally means that which juts out further. It's the same word that is used, hyperbole in the New Testament for excellence. It means the, the ball that's thrown by the shot put. This is how it was used in first century uh, Greek culture. It's the guy that had this, this weight, and he threw it, and it went out conspicuously further than the competitors. The excellent spirit causes you to become conspicuous in the group of peers. Now, for God to put the super on the natural, you have to have certain natural things in place. 
And you have to have certain natural business strategies in place. You have to have certain natural characteristics in place. So half of the burden of what we're going to be downloading at a rapid rate is what are the things that you, that you ought to already know that you should be doing that you're not doing? Because we, what, we want, what we don't want to do is we don't want to add jet fuel to a, uh, to a vehicle that's going to self-combust in mid-flight. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to add anointing, vision, prophecy, dreams, angelic impartation, activation, bam, and then <laughs> Well, a good way to avoid that is we're going to take a look at some fundamental things. And, and thank God that there are Christians that are actually have mastery in these fields. Some of the guys I'm going to be quoting are believers who you don't know are believers because their role in, the, in Harvard or in the education market is to stay well stealth and hidden from the marketplace so that people don't know that they actually are believers exercising their God-given aptitude to reach into his creative genius to solve problems the world hasn't been able to solve. So in other words, believers are emerging all over the place, and in some places they have to be uh, fairly stealth-like. They have to know when to be covert and when to be overt because of the nature of the business they're in. So uh, one of the things that I've learned from uh, them as I've sought them out to coach me on how they made it to the top of their mountain is the importance of um, a whole soul. Let's just put it that way. In other words, if you're going to go take territory from the enemy, you need to know that he knows you're out to do vast damage to him. So he is going to try to exploit any advantage he has over you on the inside of you or anywhere around you. Whether that's a system opportunity in the way you're running business Guarantee there'll be a devil that will get involved to exploit it. Or whether it's a personal development issue, in which case there's a hole in the hedge and the enemy's going to break through. There are five characteristics I'm going to be focusing on when I'm training that are going to be, that are going to be uh, just constantly reinforced. And they're what we call emotional intelligence qualities, but I really believe they're prosperous soul qualities. I believe they go right back to the Bible verse in John where it says that, that God's desire for you is that you should prosper as your soul prospers. Your soul having to do with your mind, your will, your emotions. You know, if you're healthy in your soul and you're allowing God to really do what he wants to do with you, he can then maneuver you in a position where the supernatural, the gifts of the spirit, the anointing, that, 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 uh, that wonderful zone you can get into where God's advancing. You, you won't allow the enemy to take advantage of you once you get into enemy territory. And God's, you know, the Bible says this wonderful prayer Jesus taught us, lead us not into temptation. I wonder how many of us should be glad that God hasn't answered the prayers we prayed. Because the place it would put you in would exploit all the areas you're going to find out today and tomorrow you haven't really taken care of yet. When Jesus went, I just came back from Galilee. I was there last week in Israel. And while I was there meditating and I was ministering of all places at a New Age festival where uh, all these witches were taking over the youth of Israel and they're presenting a counterfeit uh, spiritual move. And, and so I was down there with uh, friends of mine. We were ministering the supernatural right in the same place the witches are ministering spells. At the Sea of Galilee, I said, if there was any place that Jesus wanted me to be, it wasn't having a sentimental walk through the hills with a tour guide. It was confronting witches and demonstrating the supernatural. The reason I say that is because the, 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 the marketplace call will get you into all kinds of places. But you have to be able to, you have to be, you have to do, you have to be even more together than a guy that's just in ministry. Because you have to handle the natural. How many of you know pastors and ministries can sometimes be unrealistic and get away with it? But if you're unrealistic with a competitor in the marketplace, they'll eat your lunch. So, so, so it's interesting to be able to feel the challenge of the Holy Spirit 
in pushing me to the place where I am able or, or, or seeking to be able to be preeminent in the spirit realm and carve out a place of mastery in the natural at the same time. It really requires you to have your game together. And it'll bring out the best in you, this, this call that's on your life. But these five skills, these five aspects of the prosperous soul, I want to talk about because Jesus, when he was in Galilee, he went into the wilderness and he was tested of the devil for 40 days. For 40 days before he invaded territory, Jesus was searched out by the enemy to see what areas the enemy had control of him in. And out of the battle, now listen to me, I'm speaking prophetically to some of you right now. Out of the battle of the 40 days, which is a number that represents a period of testing, there was no real yet manifestation of what Jesus' purpose or capabilities were. There was just a conflict and a contest over his identity. So for a season, he was being tested as to who he was, and get this, before he had done what he was capable of doing. Have any of you had the enemy taunting you or testing you or provoking you with taunts and jeers about who you think you are because you have yet to produce the thing that God called you to do? You're in your wilderness stage. Now you need to understand the purpose of the wilderness. The purpose of the wilderness is to enable the anointing that God has given you to permeate you for your assignment. You see, when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested of the devil, the Bible says he went in full of the spirit. That's why all this renewal emphasis, resting, soaking, praying. I mean, I encourage you. We're going to hit this thing strong. You need to learn how to dial into the presence of God. I don't care how driven or A-type or dominant or whatever your temperament analysis is. You need to learn how to get before God and be still and know that I am God. Because God does a saturating of you to produce a quality of rest in you that enables you to have extra something working for you when the enemy comes against you. So for 40 days or a period of testing, you reach a stage in the beginning of this marketplace calling where you have, I don't, even if you're already established successfully, there's still a, an irritant. Something is drawing you to this event to get a missing piece. I'll tell you what it is. God is building capacity in you as you endure the contradiction of the enemy's malice against you. See, Jesus went into the wilderness filled, but came out of the wilderness in Luke's gospel in the power. See, what you're doing right now is you're walking through a process where God is transforming you from potential to manifest actual. He went into the wilderness with something on him. He came out with something moving through him. And he hadn't done a miracle yet. But the enemy said, if you are the son of God, then demonstrate, demonstrate. Do something. And yet, Jesus, here, I want you to catch this. The strength of his battle was what he fought, not based on his performance, because he hadn't done anything yet. Hadn't done a miracle yet. He won based on the clarity of his identity and the conviction of his calling from the Father. In other words, the way that you win this battle isn't by making your first million or doing or proving something. If you're waiting till then to feel victory, you will be set up for failure later on. You, I want you to start to access the joy of the victory you've already got while you're going through the process of preparation for the victory you're about to have. The enemy was wrestling with Jesus 
to see if he had anything in him. And what was the battle? If you are, if you are, what we're talking about is the battle over identity. 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 The, the first stronghold that the enemy tried to wrestle with in the mind of Jesus was whether he really was who he claimed to be without having a track record of anything yet to prove or validate who he was. You realize all he had was the knowledge at virgin birth and the story his mom tell him and what? His communion with the father. His communion with the father. Your communion with God, my friends, is the, is the secret weapon behind supernatural business. Jesus was tested once again in his ministry. Of course, he came out and out of the wilderness with the power of God. And immediately, everybody said that word immediately. Immediately. Immediately his fame spread. Do you have any idea how sudden, how quick, and how dramatic breakthrough can happen for a business? He gets on a boat that had been broke all night. He says, take it out again into the deep. Master, we were all night fishing. You're a great rabbi. You're talented. You're gifted. But let me tell you something about fishing. Fish typically get caught in a net when they don't see it. We were out all night when fishing works. And you're telling us to go out during the nevertheless. Nevertheless, I've seen all kinds of wild things happen when you say do something. So we'll do it. Just telling you as a fisherman, daytime's not the best time to drop the net. Well, we'll see, Peter. So here's the other part of this thing. Doing business supernaturally means when you're pleasing God, God causes marketplace dynamics to be manipulated in such a way that even common sense is going to be humbled by the supernatural. Caught a boatload of fish. The first miracle of Jesus for the disciples' sake was a business miracle. To let them know he's the Lord of the marketplace. The second time Jesus meets the enemy, I took the trip from um, the Golan Heights, Galilee, the New Age Festival, preaching the gospel, had uh, witches and, uh, and, and Kabbalah, uh, Orthodox rabbis screaming, yelling, interrupting the meetings. It was chaos. The one hand, you have people yelling, you Nazi. <laughs> While the chaos is going on, one guy gets up and tries to grab the microphone. We're saying, well, who are you? He said, I, I, I just was sitting here and I just got healed. I don't, my back got healed. Where's the one place you don't want to be as an American Jewish guy? In the Middle East, anywhere. But God calls me there to sit down and do business by a divine appointment with a man I'm ministering to who happens to be the son of one of the wealthiest Jewish men in the nation who disowned his son because he gave his life to Jesus. And while I'm ministering to him, encouraging him, saying, God, I, I'm just here in divine appointments doing your business. Boy, I'd like to just for one day be a normal tourist. You know what I mean? Just a nice little tour bus. The man looks at me. He says, all right, I've been with you for a day. I've been checking you out. I have assets. I've got wealth. I have mining rights. I have gems. I have been waiting for the right person at the right time to help me strategize how to process the wealth that I've got so that I can release it for what God called me to do. 
And what I'm saying is, and I got this idea from Norval Hayes years ago. Holy Spirit would come to him and say, get a bag of groceries and go down to the, to the poor part of town and hand out groceries. Or get a bunch of chick tracks. Norval Hayes loved chick tracks. So you get this, I mean, you know what chick tracks are? They're great. Little comic books from Jack Chick. For people like me that don't like to be intellectual sometimes, read chick tracks, read comic books. He'd go down on the beach in Fort Lauderdale during, you know, those um, Girls Gone Wild weeks and just hand out chick tracks. On his way flying home, God would give him an idea for a quarter of a million dollar business innovation. And I'll never forget Norval Hayes taught me early in life that, that, that it's not business or ministry. It's a supernatural life following Jesus in whatever vocation he calls you into, whatever stage you're at, and you can have fun at every stage. And so while you're ministering and doing the Father's business over here, the business is coming to you. That, I want you to get that in your head. Because the second time Jesus is tested, it's not in the wilderness of, of uh, Syria and the mountains around Galilee where he had his 40-day fasting. I went to the, uh, to the olive press, to the, the olive grove, to Gethsemane. I wanted to go there, and I... And as I was there amongst these gnarled trees that had been there for 2,000 years, I looked and I watched and I closed my eyes and I thought of the agonizing that he went through on that night. And I remembered he rose up that night after, after he had um, washed their feet and after he had given them communion on his way to the olive grove where he was going to wrestle again with the forces of hell till blood pressed out of the capillaries of his scalp. And he said this to his disciples, the prince of this world's coming, but he has nothing in me. The literal translation would be, he has no hooks in me. You see, at one level, he had come to take Israel, and he had a 40-day pre-qualification test for that. And he came out stronger than he went in, because the conflict only worked the calling through him. But now he's going to take the sins of the world. He's playing for bigger stakes. Satan offered him world kingdoms. He refused it. Now he's going to take the kingdoms by force. And understanding the spirit realm, Satan knows there's a gauntlet thrown down. He must stop this man. And in his, in his demented genius malice, he, con he conceives of an idea that if man can kill God, it would be deicide. It would be the ultimate act of rebellion. It would be, it would be greater than the rebellion of Lucifer. For Lucifer couldn't get his hands on God, but man can. And so if he can incite man to betray and to murder their own Messiah, surely he has dominion over earth wrapped up. Jesus had a plan. The Father had a plan. The Spirit had a plan. They never reveal it. It was that he must die in order to succeed in destroying the power of death. But this line stood out to me. The prince of this world's coming, but he has no hooks in me. You see, the whole world was one because the enemy had no uncontested ground. He had no territory on the inside of the man of God. And so the part that I want you to capture and, and, and sustain this it's that God is not nearly as interested in your success as he is in the transformation of your personality to conformity to the image of Christ. And to those in the marketplace who are willing to pay the price to take a nation or to take nations, you will meet with tests. But understand that the purpose of the test is to qualify you for what is about to follow. And I pray to God we could all get this revelation that your worst hour is the last part of the legal process of testing you to see if you're qualified for the next hour. 
that is good stuff. And John, you've seen how this message that Lance has given just resonates with my spirit. And I know for a fact there are people listening right now that they feel the same way. They hear Lance talk about those tests and those trials in the wilderness and how it catapults you to that next level. And it just resonates in their spirits. Yeah. And, you know, Steve, let's just keep it real. Here's what I love about Lance. You know, when you're listening to this and you're just thinking about what's going on in your life, you know, challenges you've been through, the peaks and the valleys, how do you put all this together to partner with God in everything that he's called you to do? You know, the relationships that are important to you, your marriage, your kids, uh, some of these big dreams and goals that you have to, to accomplish in business. Hey, maybe you want to be a world changer. You want to disciple nations, or maybe you just want to be more effective at home. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, what you will get out of listening to Lance is how to do all of that better uh, and in partnership with God. So thank you for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoy and I And I do hope that you plug in and listen to this whole series from Lance because it, it, it helped me in a very meaningful way. If you'd like to learn more about those five prosperous soul qualities that Lance referenced or this topic just sounds fascinating, you can purchase the entire Doing Business Supernaturally 101 four-part series on CD for $54 or the downloadable MP3 version for $24 at eternalleadership.com slash 049. That's eternalleadership.com slash 049. And that link to those show notes where we'll have the links to purchase that will be embedded in this episode's summary on this MP3. Next time on Eternal Leadership, John and I celebrate our 50th episode with our favorite highlights from our first 49. Please join us in rejoicing, won't you? For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Eternal Leadership.